world of darkness, we search for light. In confusion, we seek for answers. But sometimes, to find what we're looking for, all we need is just a little perspective. You're listening to Point of View, where crucial questions about critical issues are answered from a biblical worldview. And now, here's your host, Josh Barnes. And welcome to Point of View. Thanks for joining us for the Tuesday live stream here on Right America Media Network. And uh, we hope that you will consider subscribing, following our page, follow us on Facebook. Point of View on Facebook is facebook.com forward slash POV with JB. And of course, we've got podcasts out. You may be listening to this on podcast. You might be listening on YouTube. Make sure you give us a, 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 a make sure make sure you give us a subscribe on YouTube if you're watching on YouTube. But today, what we want to talk about is this question, believing all women, canceling conservatives, and where to draw the line. So last week, Disney made headlines and faced intense backlash after firing conservative Mandalorian star Gina Carino. What got her fired? Well, it was knowing the fair and balanced approach that Disney executives are known for. It surely must have been something egregious, right? Well, here's the text of the post that she shared from Warrior Priest Jim Podcast on Instagram. It says, Jews were beaten in the streets, not by Nazi soldiers, but by their neighbors, even by children. Because history is edited, most people today don't realize that to get to the point where Nazi soldiers could easily round up thousands of Jews, the government first made their own neighbors hate them simply for being Jews. How is that different from hating someone for their political views. Now, I don't know about you, but it seems to me that this is perfectly a perfectly reasonable statement and bipartisan. Why did this post not receive widespread adulation and praise? Probably because it came from a conservative. Carano had also recently posted other pictures of someone wearing multiple masks with the caption, meanwhile in California, and another where she stated that Jeff Epstein didn't kill himself. So this actress wasn't just canceled. She was fired from her job on one of the hottest TV shows running today for no good reason other than that she just disagreed with Disney executives politically. Um, but then consider the other top story from last week. Um, after, after a four-month examination into sexual abuse accusations against the late Christian apologist Ravi Zacharias, his own foundation, Ravi Zacharias International Ministries, released a 12-page report confirming that Zacharias did indeed participate in sexting, spiritual abuse, and even rape with multiple women. This has been confirmed by hundreds of inappropriate pictures found on phones Zacharias used from 2014 to 2018 and after interviewing 50 witnesses. So what's worse is that a woman named Lori Ann Thompson actually accused Zacharias of this exact misconduct four years ago. And the Christian community uh, rallied behind the preacher and accused Thompson of extortion. So is this an example where cancel culture was actually really needed? Should, shouldn't we as Christians have demanded an investigation into the claims that Thompson had made? Clearly now we know that they were true. So here's our question for today. Where do we draw the line? Right? Should we believe all women, as the left suggests, 
should we cancel anyone who disagrees with our ideology? Or should we run to the defense of anyone like Ravi Zacharias who agrees with us and presume their innocence? How can we navigate these issues and cancel evil men like the late apologist without condoning and canceling others like Gina Carino? So Justin, uh, joining us for this discussion is our co-host, Justin Barnes. And uh, Justin, I know I threw a lot at you there in the opening monologue. Uh, let's, stock, let's start with Carino, or Carano, I'm, I'm pronouncing her, her name wrong, Gina Carano, um, and talk about how her, her being fired, do you believe that I, I was right, that this is just political, it had nothing to do with anything offensive that she actually posted? Um, have you, are, are you up to date on that story? What do you think about it? <laughs> Yes, I, I've been hearing a lot about Gina Carano, and I'm actually really happy that the Daily Wire is giving her a movie. That's pretty cool. Um, yeah, if she's producing and Rogue starring in it, in it. I'll be more inclined to watch it. <laughs> I don't think they're going to get the rights to that, but we'll see. <laughs> um, no, so the, the Gina Carano thing is pretty much on its face. I mean, th there's been reports that they wanted to fire her into last year. Um, and now they just kind of have their excuse and they call, they said that her, her post was anti-Semitic and I'm just wondering how on earth that was anti-Semitic. Like, and, and when you read reports from a lot of mainstream outlets, it's not, you know, some people took it as anti-Semitic. It's her anti-Semitic tweets, just like any conservative posting, anything that involves a female is like they're sexist tweets. It's like, well, you have to demonstrate it's anti-Semitic. How is saying that? Here's what happened under the Nazis, and um, this is sort of a pattern that we're starting to see in uh, in principle here in America. Now, to be fair, I think Holocaust comparisons and all that sort of stuff are sometimes a little overblown and a little overused, but you can at least see the point that she's saying, hey, they're they're turning us against each other. It's actually supposed to be a bit of a message of unity, um, but... It's it's that we're being turned against each other to report each other and and uh, really uh, be against our neighbor just because of a different political view, and I think it's it's reasonable in and of itself. But for sure, you can't say there's any anything anti-Semitic about it because you have to argue that just using a Holocaust comparison makes you anti-Semitic. And the problem is, other stars on the show Mandalorian have used holocaust comparisons in their tweets and have no problems with it yeah and well and the difference is that the other stars on the show actually compared their political opponent opponents to the nazis yeah. where she was not comparing her political opponents to anything she was actually comparing um comparing herself to the jews and saying saying people hate she wasn't even saying this. She was just saying we we shouldn't be inclined to hate people for their political differences, right? Which is kind of like they're like, you don't want us to hate you. We're firing you for that. <laughs> yeah, they <laughs> like, proved what? her point. Uh, but but the only com if you want to make a comparison, I guess she was sort of comparing herself to the Jews, but like she did it in a very very um agreeable way the way that she did it seems like man like this seems matter of fact um you go ahead and um w while you're making the ne your next comment i'm gonna see if i can't get a uh, a picture of it here on the screen for everybody yeah i mean the the, the fact of the matter is again it it's a little overblown because obviously she's not living in the situations that jews in nazi germany were living under that's i think everyone can agree on that um, which is, again, why I think it's a little overblown and overused, the whole Holocaust thing. But when she says, 
the the government got your neighbors to start like being the ones that were your enemy and all that sort of stuff um that to me sounds like she's going after this idea of get of the the other side would actually be the neighbors um not because not the uh not the nazis yeah so so jews were beaten in the streets not by nazi soldiers but by their neighbors even children so what she's saying is the people coming after us this whole cancel culture is the neighbors not the nazis so she's not calling her opposition the nazis she's calling them her neighbors yeah. and just asking hey neighbors please don't hate me just because i have a different different political opinion by which they responded, we hate you because you have a different political opinion. <laughs> so if you're watching, not on podcast, if you're actually watching the show on YouTube or on the live stream, um, I've got that up there. You can see what she actually shared. It wasn't originally with her. She shared something someone else had posted on Instagram. And basically all she's saying is, yeah, well, let's stop hating each other. <laughs> and, and for that, she gets uh, canceled. And really, cancellation is one thing. But when you're canceled so much that you actually get fired from your job just because you disagree with your boss politically and your job isn't political in nature, right? Like, okay, I understand if your job is campaigning for um, for Hillary Clinton for president or whatever um, and you disagree with your boss politically, uh, that's directly connected to your job and I can understand why you could get fired for that. But if your job is to be an actor, right? And you're getting fired for your personal, private, political beliefs that you haven't brought to the workplace. You're, it's just on your own Instagram account. Um, man, that seems like crazy. But now let's compare that to um, Ravi Zacharias. Because I really feel like this is a place where Christians had the opportunity four years ago to cancel Zacharias. And they didn't. And maybe there is a middle ground here. Maybe there is a place where we say, okay, we should start canceling some people. Now, what Zacharias was accused of four years ago by Thompson, um, if it if people at that time had known it was true, it is a cancel-worthy offense, especially for a minister, right? Yeah. So there are some things that are, are worth us saying, yeah, we're going to disassociate with them. We don't want to have anything to do with them because of how they're acting. Um, let's, let's back up. Justin, do you think that um, Ravi Zacharias is actually guilty of, of what they're alleging he's guilty of in this 12 page report? Well, I read a good portion of the report and it seems like um, it's a pretty open and shut case. Um, pretty much every source that I can find on the issue, including Ravi Zacharias uh, International Ministries, I think is what it's called, RZIM, um, including them, it seems like they're all saying, yeah, it's true, and it's a lot worse than we expected. It's a lot worse than we thought. Um, so from from what the evidence seems to be, including all the witnesses they interviewed and, and um, reading some of the reports of things that he had done, um, it it seems to me like it it all checks out. Seems like an open and shut case. If this was coming from someone who was trying to tear down the ministry, I would I would maybe think maybe we should look into this a little bit and, and see if it's true. But this is coming from the the people who would have every reason to deny it, um, and they're actually saying no. Nope, we've looked into this, and it should, speaks much to their integrity. Although 
Um, I think this is just basic human integrity that everyone should have. Um, but, you know, some ministries would try to protect their ministry and deny claims even when they know they're true. They understand that they're true and they're, they're seeking to um, do what is right, it seems like. Um, and, and that gives a lot of credence, especially the fact that they had investigators looking into this uh, that were not associated with their ministry. You know, they hired investigators to look into it. They had over 50 different witnesses. Um, Zacharias had over two, something like 200 different massage therapists around the country that um, that apparently he was not all of them. Some of them he, he was getting legitimate massages from others. He was hiring them in order to um, uh, you know uh, abuse them in a um, in a sexual manner. <clears throat> and uh, they found hundreds of pictures of women um, on his phone. Um, so that confirms the sexting uh, accusation and others that say they were pressured, that, that he actually would pray with them, ha have them, he would find people who would be believers, and he would say, look, you are God's gift to me for, um, for leading this ministry, and so let's pray together for God and thank God for the gift that he's given me and uh, before they would engage in uh, evil actions. This is despicable. It really is. And um, I wonder, we're going to get to the question, was he even really a Christian? Because I think we'll end, try to end the show today with that. But I want to, I want to talk about cancel culture. And did we have a chance to cancel him four years ago? And did we miss that? Should we have said, should we, I, I don't want, I, I feel conflicted myself, right? Because I'm against the idea that we just believe all women, just every accusation that's made, we just believe it. But apparently, Thompson's accusation um, four years ago was correct, and we missed it, um, not asking for an, a real investigation. Where does cancel culture actually have a, a legitimate place? Where, where do we say, yeah, there is a, a place for canceling something like this? Well, this is the... This is the the point where you got to have a Christian worldview for this to be fully coherent. And what I mean by that is, if you look at God's justice system, it was oriented towards protecting the innocent. So, there is a high standard of justice. If something happened, but it couldn't be substantiated, then the law was that you don't punish the person just because of an accusation. So... The, the problem with that today is you say, well, that means that a lot of guilty people are going to go free. And that's why I say you have to have a Christian worldview to be able to say, but God will enact complete justice. There will be no injustice done on earth. Either they will be um, punished temporally for it or uh or and God will judge them, but God will have justice. So you have to have a Christian worldview. Now, concerning this specific case, I don't know what evidence was available back then. I do know that it sounded like he was covering stuff up and, and he gave some, some sort of weak excuses, but people knowing Ravi um, thought, well, yeah, I mean, it's Ravi, so we, we ought to just believe him. That's where I think they make a mistake. Because you have to have the ability to say these accusations are are big and they need to be taken seriously and there should have been investigation done. 
Um, even by RZIM, it would have been right had they done an investigation, said, hey, if he is truly innocent, then an investigation will show nothing. But if he's guilty, we don't want to let this go. And that's where the mistake was. Not It's not that they should have canceled him right away just because he was accused. But there should have been due process. There should have been looking at the facts, gathering other witnesses and corroborating testimonies and evidence. And, and in this case, it would have been the wiser way of doing things. But the thing is, it's not that the system's broken. It's just that they didn't go through the system to do this. Yeah, and to me, it speaks of uh, the natural tendency that we all have and and to think that because because we're christians or we're conservatives that we don't have this tendency is to to really deny that fact that we all have it and um we're in serious danger because i think it's a natural tendency that we all have to run to the defense of someone who holds our views on issues and um run to the prosecution of someone uh, that does not, right? If I heard um, that allegations were made, it, okay, l- l- let's use an actual I- illustration. When I heard that allegations were made against Joe Biden uh, for inappropriate touching, I forget the, I forget the name of the woman, um, I instinctively said, yeah, that's probably true. Now, I have reasons because he's, he, he has done things that appear inappropriate on, on camera, uh, before, um, but ultimately, I ran to a conclusion um, based on what feels right because I disagree with the guy, um, and I disagree for substantive reasons. But it doesn't mean that he's that every accusation against him is necessarily false. I mean, necessarily true. And also, when I hear accusations against someone like Ravi Zacharias, I instinctively say, "Yeah, that's probably false." Uh, and I think we have to. We have to understand our own confirmation biases, our own desire to confirm what we already believe about people and and approach these things fairly. And I think you're right. I think if we had whoever was close to that situation, I didn't know. I'm not a very close follower of Ravi Zacharias, never really was very well acquainted with his ministry. But whoever was um, involved in that accusation and was around at that time during uh, in the ministry they should have said, "Look, there's this accusation. We're gonna do a little. Um, we're gonna do a fair um, investigation into this to to prove that it's wrong. And if it turns out that it's right, um, obviously they will have another conversation at that point. But there should have been some sort of fair investigation. We shouldn't. I don't think we should believe all women. That doesn't mean that we should dismiss all women either, right? Like when when there's an accusation like this. Yeah. Here's the thing. I mean. The Bible does have a standard where, I mean, you have in First Timothy that you're not supposed to receive an accusation against an elder unless it's in the mouth of two or three witnesses. So there is a sort of standard of, hey, there needs to be actual evidence before you you um, will consider it. The, the question is, was there evidence four years ago? If there was more than one witness, which I don't think there was at the time, but again, I'm not overly familiar with it. Or she's bringing forth multiple lines of witness. I think I think this would be um, sort of the biblical thinking is you have lines of witness. So you have eyewitness testimony, you have emails, you have text messages, you have pictures. These are multiple lines of witness coming to bear. I think that the 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 thing to say is 
you hear an accusation. Like, I mean, how many times does anyone with conservative values get accused of stuff all the time? I mean, it happens. Ted Cruz is apparently an attempted murderer uh, for AOC. So that you don't just receive accusations willy-nilly. But when an accusation comes with multiple lines of witness, you you are supposed to receive that accusation, take it seriously, and try to apply a biblical standard of evidence and justice um, to bring it to a conclusion rather than just brush it to the side. Because you're right, we do have that. That I mean, there's a lot of guys that are in the ministry today that I would, if I heard something like this about them, I'd be like, no, of course not. Of course not. But you have to be willing to say, every man is is a fallen sinner and it's possible that they did. So if there are is if there is a standard of of evidence that is coming to bear on this, we have to take it seriously. Mm-hmm. Now, as far as Gina Carano, she she seems to actually be a. This actually seems to be something that's gonna. Though it, it it's sad to me because it's gonna hurt uh, Star Wars. You can see my this is my mug from my my wife got this for me for um, Valentine's Day. It's my 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 uh, baby Yoda mug. Um, I'm sure that the, the ears are going to be broken off very, very quickly. Um, but, uh, um, you know, uh, I, I'm, I'm saddened because I think Star Wars, the, the Mandalorian show will be um, less, um, less, ha- have less appeal um, because of this. But it does seem like as far as her situation, it, it may actually improve. We're seeing the Daily Wire is now going to have her... Um, uh, direct a film and star in a film that's something of a dream of hers, according to her. And I'm actually really interested in signing up and becoming a member of the Daily Wire now. Uh, I hadn't been before, but now I'm uh, I'm I'm very much interested in that. So uh, that seems to be a positive, and we'll see how that turns out. Um, uh, but the on the other hand, um, Zacharias, that seems to be just a whole mess. And a lot of Christians are trying to defend him. Some are trying to say, well, look, we all sin. I don't know. I, and this is the question I want to get to. Was he really a Christian at all? Should, should, should we hitch our horses to that, to that wagon? Um, because, you know, the word Christian means Christ-like. And he certainly was not acting as a Christian. Um you know, I guess it would be a deeper conversation whether or not he was a believer, a true, genuine believer in Christ after the way that he acted. But he certainly wasn't Christ-like in his actions. Yeah, so this one's a tough one. Admittedly, it's a tough one. Um, I have a lot of thoughts on this, and I'll try to be sort of organized with them. Because what you have to understand is that one a person who is a genuine christian a genuine believer that is described as the person who lives under the lordship of christ i mean we see this that if you confess with your mouth the lord jesus christ so you're you're con- confessing him as your lord there is repent and believe is is the command where to be our our lives are to be uh, marked by repentance and living under the lordship of christ he is our master with that said, it's obvious that Christians can sin. Um, Christians fail and still have a sin nature. Paul in Romans 7 makes it really clear um, how, how much you still have a fight with your sin nature. So there there's a lot that goes into this, but 
from our perspective, when we look at this and 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 basically go, what should our stance be here? What what should our our position be? Because I think ultimately we don't know for sure one way or the other. But I think that there is a wise position that we are instructed to take. So all throughout Scripture, you have examples of people who are connected to the church, but if they were saved, it's really questionable. Um, so, for example, in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, there is a guy who is doing some really weird uh, fornication with his father's wife, and Paul says, look, this guy is considered a, a one of you. You need to put him out from the church. You need to not associate with him. Um, you you can't let this be. In other words, Paul is saying, treat him like an unbeliever. Even though he's considering himself a believer, treat him like an unbeliever. Now, what I think is interesting is that in for, in 2 Corinthians, it turns out, it seems like this guy actually was a believer. He repents and gets right, comes back to the church after having repented. But there's other places in where, in Scripture where we see people fall away, and it seems like they are simply just not saved. And in 1 John, I think you have a lot of verses that, that show, look, if someone is continually walking in sin, continually walking in darkness, they do not know God. There, there is a difference between someone having the ability to 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 willfully sin and live, um, do commit wicked acts, but the believer is their mark. Their life should be marked by repentance and living under the lordship of Christ, not perfectly. But a life of progressively being sanctified. So, yeah, so to be clear, nobody's arguing that someone who is imperfect can't be a Christian, right? Right. Christians are imperfect people. And, and the statement that we all fall and that we all sin is absolutely true. Um, and uh, but, but the, the question here is, can somebody um, continually live in a manner that is in opposition to the word of God and and really uh, knowingly, right? We're not talking about someone who is just ignorant uh, that a pro- certain practice was sinful, but knowing the word of God, very aware of, of the of the inappropriateness of rape and those t- sort of things. Ravi Zacharias went out and actually tried to excuse it with, with his victims, saying that this was a blessing from God, that God was providing this thing. Um, this seems to me to say that... that I think the safe bet is to assume that he was not actually a true believer in Christ because a true believer in Christ has at least some desire to be Christ-like. Even though they often fail and often fall, they have this desire to be like Christ. Um, And it seems like from what we're seeing that we don't see this desire in the life of, of Ravi Zacharias. And what you pointed out about Paul dealing with many people who were in the ministry with him, who were serving alongside of him, who ended up not actually being true believers. They were, um, uh, they fell away. He said they went out from us because they, um, John says they went out from us because they were not of us. Um, this is not unprecedented. And I think as Christians, we can't just assume, oh, he's he's one of us, so we got to have to defend him. I think we have to say, He's not acting like he didn't act like he was actually one of us. He may have appeared that way, but we have to we have to make that make it clear this is not Christian. We do not defend this. We are against this, and we we, we I think we have to write him off. Yeah, and I can't imagine how many people 
um, would have gone, wait, Judas was there for every one of Jesus' sermons. He was out going out two by two, going out into the towns when Jesus sent them out. He was out, you know, casting out devils and, and, and doing all of this stuff in Jesus' ministry, yet Judas was not saved. Hmm. He dies and goes to hell. So the fact that this man lived so long in ministry, and maybe even is the reason that a lot of people genuinely converted to Christ, does not mean that he was truly converted. And I'm not making a definitive statement. He might be in heaven, he might be in hell, I do not know definitively. However, I think from our position, the biblical stance is clear, you ought to treat them like an unbeliever. Yeah, we certainly should not accept the characterization um, of the world that says that now that that one of that someone who is one of us did all these things. He was certainly not one of us. We thought he was, um, but we're finding now that he he was certainly not. That's like saying, man, that atheist who believes in God is really making you atheists look bad. It's like, well, but he's not a he's not an atheist. <laughs> That's. <laughs> That's kind of definitional, you know. That is a great point. That it really is a great point. So let's wrap this up. When it comes to cancel culture, there are some things that we have to be careful that we don't run to defend that need to be canceled, and some things we we need to um, we need to defend that don't need to be canceled. Right? Um, how do we know if we're drawing the line in the right spot? Um, I think you need to be able to have a balance of taking accusations seriously, but not believing them. You need, I think the priority should be placed on protecting the innocent. And that means that just because an accusation is made doesn't mean you believe it, but it does mean that when there are multiple lines of testimony, you can, you pursue it and, and do an investigation to find out what is correct. Right. Uh, we need to recognize our own biases. We need to be level-headed and we need to be evidentiary. Right. We need to understand why do I believe that this person is innocent? Is it because I want to believe that he's innocent or is it because there's evidence here um, that is leading me to believe that the weight of the evidence supports that? Uh, and I think that's really important. I think we if if we can if we can start canceling people based on our level headed, thoughtful um, reasons uh, based on evidence, then I think cancellation is actually a really good, healthy thing and should should be done of Ravi Zacharias even after post-mortem. Um, and I think it will also help us when we're dealing with things that are just completely crazy and without evidence, like Gina Carano. Uh, thanks for joining us for a point of view um, for the Tuesday night live stream. And uh, wherever you're watching, whenever you're watching, thanks for watching. Give us a subscribe. Give us a, a like. Give us some comments. Share it with your friends and family. Uh, we're on every Tuesday. And also, um, not on podcasts yet, but we do have a two-hour show on Mondays. That show isn't on podcast yet. That will be soon. Um, and so join us on Mondays from 4 to 6 on Facebook.com forward slash POV with JB, Facebook.com forward slash Red America Media Network, or just go to RamTV.live and you can watch all the shows, all of Red America Media's shows right there. And we'll see you next time on Point of View. <laughs>